China and the United States have agreed to resume trade talks following a high-stakes meeting at the G20 in Osaka, Japan. At this G20, we were able to clearly reaffirm such fundamental principles of free trade. He has uh, done an extraordinary job here, which is not surprising. Shinzo Abe is a great friend of Australia. I always like being back in Japan. We've had a great relationship. We've never been closer to Japan than we are right now. Hello, welcome to Japan in Focus. I'm Eleni Salters. Coming up, the upper house elections are not far away, but can Shinzo Abe keep his two-thirds majority? I think it's uh, clear he's going to be losing some seats. And Kim Kardashian changes her kimono brand name following online backlash. Japan resumed commercial whaling this week and already chunks of meat from the first catch have gone on auction. The fresh meat sold for up to $140 a kilogram at a wholesale market in Sendai in northern Japan. The meat came from two minkies off the northern city of Kushiro on Monday. Japan hasn't had commercial whaling for 31 years. The ban was finally lifted after Tokyo decided to leave the International Whaling Commission. For more on this, I spoke to Kazuhiko Togo, who is the director of the Institute for World Affairs at Kyoto Sangyo University. Now, what do I think? <sighs> this is the sort of political reality in Japan, that there are certain group of people who want to justify this commercial catch and who have now gained support by the, the government. I, I, I think this is part of happening in Japan. And whether I am a great fan of uh, whale eating, personally I am not. And uh, my understanding is that the people who are keenly interested in changing this perception is not so numerous in Japan, but they have certain political voices. Professor Togo, how has the general public responded to the resumption of commercial whaling? What do you think the public sentiment is? I, I, I don't see much reaction. I don't see sort of people who are actually revolting to this decision, but I don't hear so much voices who think that a real good decision has been done. You see, eating whale is related to little numbers of people on the whole in in all Japan. Japanese public, in general, in my view, is not that interested in eating whale. But whale meat eating is not that a big deal in Japan. For those uh, who provide the meat uh, in, the, in the vicinity of the, uh, of the port where they bring in meat, for them this is a very important matter. That number is not that large. So people in general are not that interested on this matter. I think this is the reason why there is no reaction from either side, positive or negative. So in light of all this, do you think the industry is viable? Uh, I assume that this is viable, but I have uh, not done the calculation. If your question is is directed whether they are getting some special subsidy, uh, I have no information to that extent. Do you think Japan should have left the International Whaling Commission? Uh, I don't have direct answer because my impression is that under this uh, position of uh, scientific research catch, research fishing of whales, it created an impression that uh, the real objective is to catch whales and to commercialize it and uh, sell it in the shop 
whereas because one takes a position of uh, abandoning the commercial whaling, uh, they are using this, the countries which want to catch whales use this uh, scientific research catch as a disguise of uh, what they really want to. I think there has been this image of Japan really want to continue the commercial or, or the catch, but under the international pressure they are catching under the disguise of scientific research. But now the position is clear. Japan wants to continue commercial catch, but under some strict conditions and uh, with a proper balance. And all data is uh, available to the international public opinion. Which is better? Very hard to tell. You use the word disguise. Do you think it was scientific research? <laughs> there was certain logic. <laughs> the explanation was clear. And the explanation was that a certain amount of whales need to be caught in order to scientifically understand the situation in the ocean. And the the cat itself is proven not to destroy the, the right balance. It's very difficult to say that that logic was uh, was wrong. But and I'm not saying which side is right and wrong. Uh, let me be clear. I am not entering into that debate. But yeah. in the over the decade, there has been this impression in international society. And that impression may not have produced positive results for the impression of Japan. Uh, may I may I add one more point? Which animals and species should be uh, respected and protected in the, the world where human being has power and therefore certain responsibility on uh, uh, respecting life? This is a very difficult question. It is historically difficult. It is culturally difficult, and it is socially difficult. I have never been fully convinced on uh, any argument which uh, would uh, dictate one one way of uh, catching is wrong and another way of uh, catching is right. But whaling is one of these debates which fell into this uh, very difficult historical, cultural and uh, social debate. Director of the Institute for World Affairs at Kyoto Sangyo University, Kazuhiko Togo there. And you're listening to Japan in Focus on ABC News Radio. The upper house elections are just weeks away and much of the focus has been on whether Shinzo Abe will be able to retain his two-thirds majority. The Prime Minister has long been an advocate for revising the pacifist constitution, but in order to do so, he needs to retain a two-thirds majority in both houses so to trigger a referendum on the issue. Jeff Kingston, who is the Director of Asian Studies at Temple University in Tokyo, says Mr Abe is likely to lose seats in the July 21 election. Because the cohort up for election uh, in a couple of weeks was elected back in 2013 when Abe was extremely popular. So a lot of them uh, won their seats riding on his coattails. Uh, He's a lot less popular now than he was then. And so, you know, they're expecting there's going to be, you know, somewhat of a decline. 
the two-thirds majority looks clearly out of reach. Right now, they barely have the two-thirds majority if they include their coalition partner, uh, Komeito, and also the seats of the Japan Innovation Party. But the latter party is really polling pretty weakly. So it looks like, you know, they're probably going to get less than the two-thirds, but certainly they'll maintain their majority because, the, you know, the opposition remains fragmented and weak. Shinzo Abe needs a two-thirds majority in both houses to trigger a referendum on the pacifist constitution and changing it. Why hasn't he mm-hmm. done so yet? Basically because there's very little enthusiasm for revising the constitution. Uh, you know, there's a small group of hardcore supporters who do want to do that. But, you know, recent uh, NHK poll showed it was like you know, 6 or 7% of people thought that this should be a priority. So clearly it's not something that resonates uh, with voters. And, you know, President Trump really rained on that parade uh, when he's been talking about how unfair the mutual security treaty is. And, you know, right now, if we go to World War III for Japan, they could just watch it on their Sonys. And so clearly he's indicating that he expects Japan to ante up and to do something militarily in support of the United States. And so that underscores the risks of revising the Constitution. And the interesting thing is, over the the years where Abe has been in power since 2012, he's really sort of scaled back uh, the proposed revision. So now it's, we just want to specify that the self-defense forces are constitutional. Uh, He's not going to get the two-thirds in the upper house So it looks pretty much like he's not going to succeed in revising the Constitution unless something dramatically different happens. Are you suggesting those comments made by Donald Trump at the G20 summit was perhaps to the detriment of Shinzo Abe's campaign to revise the Constitution? Well, you know, there's a long line of people who have been humiliated and diminished by their association with Trump. I don't think any world leader has been so comprehensively humiliated and embarrassed by President Trump and keeps coming back for more pie in the face. And it's just really, you feel bad for Abe. I mean, Trump, you know, basically was feted and fawned on just a little over a month ago when he visited Japan. He was first visitor to uh, greet uh, the new emperor, Naruhito. He went for a sumo match, wined and dined. And, you know, he still is an erratic, difficult person. So I think that the Japanese government is uh, quite frustrated with Trump and his comments were very unwelcome. What issues are likely to affect support for the LDP in this particular election? Uh, I think the key issue is the proposed tax hike in October. So they're going to go from sales tax now of 8% to 10%, and not many people support that. So, you know, these are the headwinds Abe faces, but the ace up the sleeve is the fact that the opposition remains very fragmented. None of the parties poll above single digits. The voter turnout will likely be low, so that means that the, the LDP base is uh, going to come out and vote for Abe and give the LDP a, you know, a fairly decisive victory. So I think that one thing that we all recall here is back in 2007, when the LDP was riding high and Abe was prime minister, 
you know, he got drubbed in the upper house elections, and that defeat actually forced his ouster from uh, office. And so I think he's, you know, feeling like, well, let's not count our chickens before they hatch. But, you know, back in those days, they actually had a strong opposition party, and now they don't. And so I think that the risks of a, a setback for Abe are very minimal. So really, he is on track still to become Japan's longest-serving prime minister in November. Yeah, and the interesting thing is, despite this long time in office, his accomplishments remain rather minimal. His diplomacy has been feckless. He's visited so many places around the world and shook hands with more world leaders. But look what he's accomplished uh, with Russia on the northern territories, zilch. He has not done much to improve relations with China. Uh, Relations with South Korea have declined. And the one thing that he's been claiming as his big achievement is an improvement uh, in the U.S.-Japan security relationship. Well, Donald Trump certainly reigned on that parade, too. So longevity hasn't really translated into any significant accomplishments. Can you tell us more about this uh, new political party, Reiwa Shinsengumi, and uh, what it stands for exactly? Well, this is a party uh, launched in April by the bad boy of Japanese politics, a former actor named Yamamoto Taro. And so he's the ultimate outsider. He has a flair for political theater. The name of the party refers back to the mid-19th century, uh, the, the samurai activists who worked together to overthrow the dysfunctional, corrupt government at that time. So clearly he is trying to, you know, tap into that historical reference. An interesting thing he just did is name two people with disabilities as candidates for his new party. And by naming them, I think he is going to highlight the fact that that people with disabilities are not well served in Japan. If indeed they are elected, uh, the diet would have to go and undergo significant renovations uh, to facilitate access for them. And so I think this is a very shrewd and interesting uh, move by him to at least raise awareness of the challenges that face people with disabilities. Jeff, are there any lawmakers currently in the Japanese diet with a disability? Not to my knowledge. Jeff Kingston there, who is the Director of Asian Studies at Temple University in Tokyo. And you're listening to Japan in Focus on ABC News Radio. You may recall last week that people in Japan were outraged over Kim Kardashian's plans to trademark the word kimono for her new shapewear brand. It even prompted the mayor of Kyoto, Daisaku Kadokawa, to write a letter to the American celebrity, urging her to reverse her decision. Ms Kardashian has now decided to rename her brand. I asked Mari Sakai from the city of Kyoto office what prompted the mayor to write this letter. Ms Kardashian is influencer on social media, so we worried about spreading misunderstanding of it kimono all over the world. So Mr. Kadokawa wrote a letter to her. It's kind of apt that this letter came from the Kyoto mayor. He's known to frequently wear the kimono, and the city is currently trying to have kimono culture registered on UNESCO's intangible cultural heritage list. 
But for now, Mr Kadokawa is just pleased that the word kimono won't be used for tight underwear. Marisa Kai says he has also written a thank you letter to Ms Kardashian. But for reassurance, Japan's trade minister says he plans to send someone to the US Patent and Trademark Office. That's all for Japan in Focus until September. Jamatane, see you next time.